Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, as I often say, I'm like super privileged to have someone in studio with me um, that has had a major impact on my life and has probably, probably been one of the biggest influences on me. Um, and I'm not setting her up to, uh, you know, throw that back at me when we talk about the four questions. But um, I've got Kara Ayala, my wife. Uh, we've been married for 21 years. Um, and I finally convinced her to come into the studio with me and record a podcast. So I'm super excited. Kara, thanks for uh, joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's just jump right into it. So four questions that I ask every guest to get the conversation going. Who's had the greatest impact on your life? The greatest impact. That's a really good question. I think it changes um, throughout my life, but I think my mom has had a huge impact on me. Um, she is always like, she's pretty much, she's not an entrepreneur, but she has that vision um, in her eyes. And, and any time that we've stepped out in anything, she's been great encouragement for me and always pushed me to step out in things that maybe she wouldn't even step out in. So I think probably my mom and then also you have been, had a huge impact on me. You've really changed the way that I thought about money um, in the past and um, just really helped me to excel in, in that direction too of the abundance and that we can have abundance in our lives. Awesome. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? Hmm. I think becoming a mom, honestly. Um, I think being a mom and raising children just like, I don't know, it gives you a different perspective of like your impact on people. And I think knowing that my impact on them and what, how I'm showing up in my life um, makes me show up as a better person. So I think that that's been my greatest um, contributor to my success. What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? Greatest setback. Hmm. Had a lot of setbacks. Um, I think this has nothing to do with business, but when Dylan had his surgery and we didn't really have control over it, um, I think that that was like a huge setback for me at the time. But in hindsight, it was like a huge um, catapult into like letting go of control because there's a lot of things we can't control in our lives and um, trusting God and giving him full permission to do what is best and that everything that is happening to you is for your good. And so when you're going through those hard times, I think that that is always a reminder to me that like I can endure really hard things and I can relinquish control over what is happening and let God do his work and just be led in my like that future self guiding me. Mm, that's good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what is the piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Piece of advice. I think, um, you know, I talk a lot about like money and stuff, but I think people really miss the point of like, what is the purpose of money? Um, the purpose of money, it's a, it's a tool for like the end goal. Right. So I think just helping people to decide like what, what is like, that they really want. You know, sometimes we think we are 
wanting all these things or we're chasing um, jobs or promotions or we're chasing that next um, increase in our pay. But really what we want is that those relationships and that purity in those relationships. So I find myself bringing people back to that. Like, what is the true reason that you're wanting this? And I think that that's what I probably give the most advice on. So, man, we could go a million directions here. And I, um, I kind of just left this open so we could just go through with it. Um, I obviously know a lot about you. You do. Um, so I remember a time when we talk about investing for freedom and, you know, I, I talk about this a lot and I think we probably should go here. Um, from the time we got married and maybe even before we were married, you always said, and this is interesting because you said, if I, I, you said if you could narrow it down to one thing, it was being a mom that, that had the biggest impact on your success. And I remember a time when we, again, maybe it was before we were married, but you said from the beginning that you wanted to be a stay at home mom. Yes. That was like your, that was like your dream. Just talk me through that. Um, I think that like I saw the impact that my mom always had on me and I liked, um, I liked having her close and I had other friends that didn't have a mom around and they would come to my house and dinner would be there or there'd be cookies after school and they would, and I would be embarrassed because, because of that, like, oh yeah, my mom's like got all these cookies out for us, but my friends loved that and they loved coming to our house because they didn't really ever have like meals at home and stuff. And so I think that that was like a driving force for me. And I always wanted my family to be a priority over everything. Um, as the years went on, obviously I didn't always just stay home, but I was always really present and I always worked my schedule for them and for the benefit of them so that I was present there for them at all times. That's good. I remember actually, um, by the way, Karen and I are high school sweethearts, so I would actually go to her house and I remember the cookies. <laughs> I remember smelling the cookies. Um, now this isn't right or wrong because obviously as we determine what we really want and why we want it, what we're going to do to get it, um, that's individual, right? Yeah. We set our own goals. We set our own values. Um, and I'm actually, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. A lot of people don't want to adjust their goals, but in reality, when you really dig down through that, it's, I think the reason why people have a hesitation on adjusting goals is because it's really value driven. Yeah. Um, so when we decide what we really want, that's up to us. And so for the moms out there that, you know, are working because they have to, number one, or, or because, you know, they, they're career driven or they're, you know, for whatever reason, they've set goals. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from that. And like growing up, my mom was very driven. Yeah. Um, she was working two jobs half the time going to school. But the other side of that, like I, I, I saw what your mom did and I saw what you've done for our kids too. And so there's a lot of value in that. And I want to make sure that we really um, hone in on that because you can be purpose driven and be a very, very solid mom and not be career driven. Correct? Yes, totally. And I think like, it's just really about putting into perspective, like why you're doing it and maybe letting a go of your ego a little bit, um, which can be hard for all humans. Like we all want that significance and, um, we want that, you know, we want to be seen for what we're, what we're doing. And sometimes as a mom and being a mom, you're not seen very well, very much. And what you're doing out in the day to day can't be seen. But if you are a mom, that's really career driven, there's nothing wrong with that as well, as well. As long as you're like taking a priority with your children and making sure that they know that they're a priority too. I think when you have a child, 
it is your responsibility. They become your biggest responsibility. So it is your responsibility to be there for them and be a support for them and show up as the best mom you can. And I really, truly believe you can have both. You can have success and you can um, show the world what what you have and give your gifts to the world, but also give those gifts to your kids because it's a great example for your kids too to see you working hard and to see you be driven and to see you show up as um, a leader but then also you're you're leading and guiding them as well. So they're not like second to your to your life. They're actually a priority and it can be have an equal priority as well. But relationships really are what matter in our lives. So if we're putting a priority over um, any relationship, I would actually question if that is something really in your heart or if it's just something you're following that other people are doing. It's so interesting. You know, you, you say that um, you could have both. Um you know, you could have financial freedom, you can have your own desires, you can have your own life and be a great mom. And I think, I think that comes back to anything. I think there's so many people that are trapped in thinking that, you know, if they quit their job or they went out and started their own business or followed their dreams, whatever that looks like, they can't see, they can't see the freedom in that. They just look at it from a security standpoint. And I love that you said that if you want to be a mom and you want to be career driven, you can have that flip that. You could still be a very successful mom and be career driven, right? Yes. But for the moms that are out there, that it's their whole desire, which it's been yours from the beginning to be a stay at home mom. I hear you saying that you can be a successful individual woman and be a successful mom. Yes. I mean, and you need to be like, there's so many moms that lose their identity in being just a mom and then their kids leave and they have no identity. So I think it's extremely important if you um, are a mom that is staying at home or that's your main focus that you do like take into consideration like your success and what what else you can do because you're not here to just be a mom. You are here as a mom, but that's not your only role in life and there's gifts inside of you that the world needs. So absolutely you need to have other um, places to give to and making that time for yourself too, because some, so many times moms, you know, they give everything. I mean, I was on a call yesterday um, with um, a couple of my mastermind friends and one of the ladies was saying, you know, she's just been torn. She doesn't have time to focus on what she's doing because she's got three little kids and then she's got her husband and they also own a business, but she's also trying to do something for herself but she's so bogged down by everybody else's needs. Mm. So it's so important that we focus on what we need as well and be a little bit selfish in that because that is also an example to your kids that you are important and you're showing them that they are important and what they want and their life is important as well. Yeah. And it's so good too. And I, um, you know, those kids, kids in general, just like employees or clients or anything else, they need to learn those boundaries. Yeah. They need to learn that you, you need your time as well. So Um, I'm thinking about, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about how, you know, children are arrows in the quiver of an archer, Um, as I'm just hearing you say all that. And it's so, you know, so many times we talk about legacy, um, especially success-minded, you know, financially driven company type people. We talk about legacy. And uh, I think a lot of times people think of legacy from a standpoint of, you know, what am I going to leave my family and what's the next generation going to say about me and my wealth? And, you know, like the Elon Musk, he changed space or whatever. But to me, like legacy, when I look at what our kids are accomplishing, even today, our oldest is 20, our second is 18, and, you know, our youngest is 16. And I look at 
just what they, who they are and what they've become. And a big part of that is you. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't have a part of that too, but the fact that you've taken this approach and that that's what you really wanted, I, I see that in the kids and that's legacy in itself. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I think, um, to me, like legacy, like, I think it's great to leave your kids things, but if you can teach them to build their own things, that's so much greater to me. Um, even my parents, you know, if, if they died and left me something, I don't really care about that. Mm. I don't care about things. And I don't think kids really do either. I mean, you want to build, build something that you can pass on to your kids, but more importantly, like what are you instilling them and how are you empowering them to create the life that they want Mm -hmm. and to live a life of, um, their dreams? Because I think a lot of times, um, you know, there, we just tell our kids go out there and try to get the best job and make the most money. But then they end up, you know, when they're 30 and they're like, I hate my life. I don't like what I'm doing. Whereas if you can instill in them from the beginning, like never do something you don't like, not saying that you don't have to put in work or do things, you know, that are difficult, but you can set that vision forth of like, go out there and do something that you love and do it with purpose. And you can also make money doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, we put so much pressure. I, I'm not saying you and I, but just in general, we put so much pressure on our children, even as a society, like you know, we start asking them when they're in seventh grade, like, what are you going to be when you grow up? Like, what school are you going to go to? What college are you going to? You and I talk about this a lot. Like I'm on my fifth career or something. Like I, I can't, I can't imagine being 18 years old and trying to decide what I want to do for the rest of my life. We put so much pressure on them when in reality, you know, I've, I've often found myself saying this, like, I've never been that football dad that's sitting on the sidelines, like yelling at my kid and telling him he has to you know, why didn't you make that play and this and that, but we have to be really careful that we don't take that into, you know, trying to mold them into what we think success looks like because it's different for every individual. I don't want anybody telling me what success looks like. Yes. I don't want to tell you what success looks like. So I love that you point that out. Um, they're, they're people, they're just little people. Yeah. And actually, as you're saying that it's like parenting is like a balance, um, of a push and pull. You're pushing them towards something great but you're also like allowing, you have enough room of a pull um, to let them grow into what they want. Mm-hmm. So I think like giving them that space is so important, especially as they get into their teen years. Like they're already, you know, back in the day, they became adults when they were like 13. So they're already coming up with those, um, their own beliefs and stuff mm-hmm. and to allow them room to have, to change their beliefs, to change the way that they think and not um, disgrace them for that, but allow them to question because that is where the growth happens is when they question and then they have that real truth of who, what they want and what they believe in themselves because it wasn't something that they were told. It's something that they know in themselves. Mm-hmm. That's such a great observation. Like even back in the day, like we became adults when we we're 13, our bodies are designed to become adults and we really hold our children back just again, as a society, a, a world in general, um, they're eight, 10, 12 years under our roof as adults that we're trying to suppress them and tell them what they need to be doing. So I've watched you. Um, I, I, I love the, I love the push and pull, um, concept because I've watched you, you know, we, and I think we've done that as well as a couple, but you let them go far enough and, and guide them back. And the one thing that I can say, um, our kids are very open to you. Um, I, I think you've created that environment where they feel comfortable coming to you because of that push pull mentality. It's been pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think another thing is 
having other people in your kids' lives to help you parent, like we're not meant to do this alone and having other trusted adults in their life, whether that be like a youth pastor or your, your other friends or family members, aunts, uncles, um, people close to you that they can go to as well. And letting your kids know that it's okay, that you're not their only source. I mean, I think I've been really open and honest with them. Like sometimes you are going to hate me. Like I'm not going to be your best friend and that's okay. It's okay that you feel like that. And if you feel like you want to go to somebody else and get some advice or, um, you know, bring something to them, go for it, do it. Like I would love for that because there's nothing better than having other trusted adults around you, helping you raise your kids and knowing that they're speaking good things into your kids and it's not something negative or going to detour their futures. But I think in doing that, I think I've allowed a space for them to be like, no, I want to come to you. They do go to other adults, but I do think that me just presenting that and letting them know that I'm okay with that makes them more want to come to me. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, I think, I feel like even from the time our kids were little, we've treated them with a level of respect. Yeah. That they deserve. And I've thought about this a lot lately because I've had a lot of amazing, we've had a lot of amazing adults that have shared back with us how great our children are. And our children, I think, are used to, well, they're young adults now, but they're used to communicating and being in adult conversations. Um, We have never treated them as little children, I don't think. And so I think that's been super valuable. On that note that you were talking about, about like, you know, the, the other adults in their life and our life, um, we spend a lot of time, again, as successful driven adults, yeah. um, thinking about what we really want, why we want it. Just the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That's such a valuable point that you made because if you look around and you look at your inner circle of four or five adults or couples, I had somebody say this to me a while back, like, A real look in the mirror on who you're surrounding yourself with is, do you trust those people to be mentors in your kids' lives? Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful and it really makes you examine what, who you're friends with. Mm -hmm. I had, I was, I was with some really good friends of ours, I don't know, a couple weeks ago and um, they were talking about um, if, like where their kids would go and who they would be comfortable um, leaving their kids with. And that's such an interesting conversation too, because a lot of times, you know, you look at that inner circle of people around you and a lot of times it's not your parents and a lot of times it's not your brothers and sisters. And so then you have to look around at your inner circle and say, okay, well, if I died, who would my, who would I leave my kids with? And whether your kids are two or 20, it's such a great exercise to really, it's a great mirror. Yeah. If you wouldn't trust those people to mentor your kids, then what are they doing in your life? Mm, that, that's really powerful. So. Lately, you've been working on, uh, and this, I guess, a shameless plug here. You've been working on building out your, your own brand. And I think we go through seasons in life. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about parenting and being a mom, which was your core desire. And you've, you've raised amazing children. Um, but lately, you've had this strong desire to help women. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you found yourself, really, women are just born to serve. And I don't mean that in a degrading way. You guys are just, it's in your it's in our de- hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So talk to me about that. Um, I think like just seeing other women and um, see them struggle with being a, just a mom or, you know, even a career driven. I think that there's 
there's a balance that needs to take place. And there's such a, um, a negative, um, I don't know, vibe out there about regarding money. You know, money seems to be like a negative thing in people's lives. And so I just really wanted to empower women, especially of like how money works and how to change that money mindset and that they can understand how money works so that if their husband leaves them at some point or they, their husband dies, they know what to do. Even if they don't ever want to do anything with money, they know what to do if something like that happened. Or what about if she leaves her husband? Yeah. I mean, you, that's a, I mean, I have so many friends too, at that same note of who are in relationships that they probably would leave if the fight, if they had more financial um, benefits of like knowing how to handle finances. So yes, absolutely. Like you should have that power of choice to be able to leave a relationship if you're not happy in it and it shouldn't be because of finances. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not political and, you know, I, I tend to try to stay in the middle of most things because I see both sides of a lot of stuff. So I'm not like, I'm okay with, I am woman, hear me roar, but that's not really what I'm talking about when I say what I'm about to say. Just like children are arrows in the quiver of an archer. As men, we should want our women to rise up and to be strong women, whether whether their goal is to be the best mom in the world or whether their goal is to be the best, I, you know, whatever she wants to be, we should support that. Yes. Um, and I think there's, anytime we're seeing a great divide, whether it's race, whether it's sexism, whether, whatever it is, it's because there's been um, people on both sides and it's extremely polarizing. But I just want to, I want to recognize the people in the middle because there's a ton, probably the majority of relationships are strong, they could be stronger. If we really just focus in on respecting each other and the gifts within and empowering each other. So just like this, just like we approach our children, their arrows in the quiver of an archer, we can have that same relationship in a marriage. I mean, that's what I love about what you're teaching these women because, and it's interesting because you always say, you know, what if your husband leaves you or what if your husband dies? But the other side of that too is like, women can stand alone and they should. Yes. And the reason why you take that stance is because usually, you're, you're, you're speaking to a group of women who, you know, probably are driven and have been moms and have been focused. But at the same time, um, men could be just as dangerous and hurtful in the relationship and lack of empowering. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I, I love that you talk about like, um, being like respectful of each other and wanting each other to like grow. And I think that that is so powerful in a marriage is like two are better than one. Like if you can walk together in that, you can pull so much more. Like, I don't remember what that scripture is in the Bible where the ox. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anyways, you can pull a lot more together and you can do a lot more if you're like going in the same direction together. I mean, you don't have to be doing the same thing, but if your vision and your, um, your goals are like direction, directing in the same way, like it's so powerful. And I think a lot of people, you know, we can get into that, like, oh, it's all about me either way of our egos, you know, either the man or the woman. Um, being like, oh, it's about me, it's about me, and leaving one behind. Mm-hmm. But why not come together like, and empower each other? I mean, you got married for a reason. And I think sometimes we lose sight of like why we married that person. And we actually love that person and we become a- enemies with each other. And then we're fighting for that power and that ego. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you could just come alongside of each other and support each other in what you're wanting to do, there you can go so much further and so much faster together yep. than you can alone. 
You know, so many um, relationship principles and conversations uh, correlate to money and finance as well. Um, you know, there's the, the principle of compound interest in money. Well, one plus one equals two, but two times two equals four, right? And multiplication and four yeah. times four equals 16. And so it's that same principle. And okay, Mike, what the heck are you talking about? Well, just like we talk about it in investing for freedom and a lot of it's about financial, but what do you really want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do to get it? We're always, or we should be at least, we're in a situation, you were just talking about marriage. And even if your marriage isn't ideal or you've grown apart or it's not giving you everything that you want, um, it's that same conversation. What do you really want? What do you want your marriage to look like? What do you want your children to look like? What do you want your future to look like? It's the same conversation. If you don't like your current financial situation, what do you really want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do to get it? Measure results and adjust along the way. It's the same thing with relationships, right? So I'm hearing what you're saying, and I think it's extremely important because even if you find yourself in a position where you've never really thought about it, whether it's the man or the woman in the marriage or relationship, you can change that. Yeah. And I've, I've watched this before. We've lived through this. We heard somebody say, or maybe you said it, as long as one of us is always on, yep. it'll be successful. Yeah. And I think that that has been like the success of us is there's never, we've never both been like throwing our hands up at the same time. Mm -hmm. There's definitely been times where you've been like, ugh, and I'm dragging you or the other, the opposite. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ugh, and you're dragging me. Um, but I like it a lot better when we're going together yeah. and, um, how you were talking about like how we can change those relationships. It's all like that be, do have. So if I want my husband to show up as a, mm -hmm. the certain person, who do I have to be for him to treat me like that? Mm -hmm. Who do I have to show up for him to start recognizing me as that person? And I think that a lot, and even with your kids, if I want my kids to act a certain way, what kind of a parent do I need to be? Mm -hmm. Like just reversing everything back to yourself changes. And that's the way um, money works too. Like, yeah. and I talk a lot about in my programs, what is your money story? Where did it come from? Because, you know, we just go by all these rules and these stories in our head that aren't even our own. They're not even beliefs that we have. They're beliefs that have been instilled into us by our parents, churches, um, schools, and we don't ever question any of these things. And this doesn't just apply to money. It applies to relationships. It applies to everything. And if we can start showing up as that best version of ourselves and changing those stories in our heads and saying, hey, this is who I want to show up as, and then just doing it, acting like that person. Mm -hmm. You just start being that person today, then things start changing in your life. That is like such a big life-changing thing that can happen in your life. It's such a great principle, um, you know, coming back to, a lot of times when we want something, we, we look at how we can get it. And you're talking about going introspect and how do I change who I am? How do I change who I show up as in order to get that result? Um, just even before this, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to start having you on my podcast every five or six weeks. And you said, are you asking me? <laughs> and, you know, that's just a simple, it's, it's just a little mindset shift. And so the reason why I bring that up, um, it's really difficult to hurt somebody that you don't know or you don't have an intimate relationship with. And that's a familiarity thing, right? Like I think the more time we spend together, um, whether it's our children, whether it's business partners, whether it's clients that we take advantage of because they've been our client for 10 years, it's all the same principle. Yeah. And so in marriage or parenting, or even again in clients, um, making sure that we don't become familiar, I think is extremely important. And I think the easiest way is to do what you just said 
and always look in, inward. Who do I have to become in order to get the result that I want? Whether it's business, okay, what kind of business and customer service and team do I have to build yep. in order to get that result? Okay, if my, if my children are being a certain way that I don't like, how am I not showing up? Yep. If I'm not getting what I want out of my marriage, how am I not showing up? Yep. Such a great point. Yeah, I mean, everything is a mirror to you. Everything that's happening in your life is a mirror of like what is going on inside of you. So if we can just go inside and change those narratives, we can change our lives, our mm -hmm. whole life. So I'd like to ask, um, you know, for couples out there that, you know, either they're, you know, thinking they're financially, they're going to come together in their marriage, they're building a career together, they're building a business together, or they're both building their own careers and trying to remain successful. What are some of the, what's some of the advice that you would offer them in order to not grow apart or to stay together and focused? I mean, I think date nights are extremely important and they need to be happening once a week at least. Mm -hmm. And then getaways too, like find time to get away without your kids without work, without distractions. And, you know, three times a year, go away and spend time together and get to know each other. And then I think, you know, spending the time a little bit every day too. Like sometimes we go on walks. We're not super diligent about it right now because it's super hot. But I think that's a really good um, time to just like reconnect with each other during the day. Um, and then... Another thing that I think is extremely important is realizing that you are not going to be the same person you are today mm -hmm. as you are in 30 years. So learning that you're going to grow and you're going to change and that person that you married is probably going to grow and change too. And so I think a lot of times people get married and then they wake up five years down the road and they're like, you're not the same person. Of course you're not the same person. Like mm -hmm. we should not be the same person we were 20 years ago. And so if you're not growing and that person's growing, your, your marriage is going to end. So you have to grow together and you have to be setting goals together as well. Yeah. And looking at a future and a vision that suits both of you. And sometimes, you know, you want things that I'm like, is that really necessary? <laughs> but I'm like, Hey, okay, I'll back you up. Like whatever you want. And same with me. Like mm -hmm. there's things that I want that you're like, are we really going to do that? And I'm like, yes, we're really going to do that. So I think just supporting each other's wild dreams mm -hmm. and maybe crazy things going on that we want. Um, is extremely important too. That's good. Um, you know, you said that you're going to change, right? Everybody changes. We yep. should, we should change. Um, it, it's healthy to grow, but you could change in a negative way too. And that's yes. why it's so important to stay connected, I think, and also not be judgmental. Yes. So, and that's hard. That's hard to do. That's hard to do just as humans in general. But again, we only are able to hurt those that we love the most. And we only get I mean, the more you love someone and the more time you spend with them, the more frustrated you could get. And so understanding, number one, that people change, but also being able to have an open environment where we can communicate through that change mm -hmm. is extremely important, which I think is the key. I think what you said is so powerful. The date nights, the constant communication, not growing apart because we are going to change. And if we only connect once a month on a deep level or once every six months, literally, I've heard, I've heard men say before that they're going to set a goal you know, to go out on a date once a quarter because they've been so busy with their kids and work. Yeah. And I'm not saying we've never, I, I don't know that we were always consistent about date nights. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. Um, but we are now. And so we're going to change. We're going to grow. Or we're either going to grow or we're not. And, and making sure that we're connected. I think that's extremely important. Yeah. Another thing too is who, what other couples are you hanging out with? Mm. That is huge. If you're hanging out with couples that are fighting all the time or they have bad relationships, 
it's the same as hanging out with your friends. So, you know, take inventory of your mm-hmm. couple friends because mm-hmm. your marriage is probably going to end up like the couples around you. So totally. that's really important as well as like taking just inventory of who you're hanging out, hanging out with, or maybe that's not even a couple, maybe it's a friend, but their lifestyle doesn't line up with, um, a family lifestyle or a couple lifestyle. And so you're off doing things that probably aren't good for your marriage. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's extremely important too, is just like taking inventory of who you're hanging out with outside of your marriage as well. Mm, That's good. I've found myself, um, quoting a scripture in the Bible a lot over the last few years, just there's a scripture that talks about, you know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but lose his soul, which is an eternity conversation, right? What, what, what good is it for a man to gain everything in the world, but then live a horrible eternity, whatever that looks like for the listeners. Well, I've found myself saying this a lot lately too. What does it, what does it benefit us to, um, you know, be, super financial, successful, achieve all of our goals, but have our marriage fall apart on us or have our children end up in jail or on drugs or, you know what? And they're individuals. They're going to make their own choices. So you may have been the best parent in the world and had some issues. Um, nobody's perfect. Uh, my mom worked her tail off for me and I still, I still ended up in trouble, but what does it profit us to, you know, gain all the business and hit our goals and everything else, but to lose our marriage and our children? Yeah, I think that that is so important. And I think that that just comes back to the why as well. Because sometimes we say we're doing it for our family, but really, are we doing it for our family or are we doing it for our ego? So if we're really doing it for our family, let's take a step back and say, hey, what do we need to adjust to really make it about our family? And I like the point that you made about like, you know, our kids are going to make their own choices. And I think that that is a huge thing for us as parents as well is we just have to show up as our best self and then let them go, Mm -hmm. which is the hardest part about parenting is letting them go and make those choices, whether they be bad or good, because they are individuals. Mm -hmm. So we don't own them and we don't own our spouse either. So we can't control what they do. And only thing that we can control is ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, and how we react to it. So if we can just show up as our best self, I mean, we're responsible for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, no matter what your kids end up doing, if they're in a rough spell right now, I mean, just keep being there for them. Mm-hmm. Keep being a support support for them and loving them in the best way that you know how. And then same with your spouse. Like mm-hmm. you're not, you can't control other people's emotions and you can't control their actions. You can yeah. only control yourself. Yep. Well, and that's a win-win. I mean, again, everything kind of correlates back to the, the same thing in life. There's principles, there's values, right? And I think a lot of times we get values confused with goals. Um, values are, I want to be a good husband, right? Values are, I want to be healthy. Yeah. A goal is I want to lose 10 pounds. Value is I want to be healthy. A value is I want to be the best husband I could possibly be. A value is I want to have a tight family unit. A goal is I want to go on one date night a week. Yeah. Um, so the win-win I mean, everything I think comes back to the middle. If you're going to have a successful marriage, business, partnership, you're going to be a successful parent, you're going to have a tight family unit, it's coming back to a win-win, right? And I love what you just said about the kids. And that comes back to the Mm push-pull, kind of have to let them go a little bit, but stay close enough. And the love, I, I, that's so powerful because no matter what they're going through, I mean, there does come a point in time in any relationship where you, whether it's a marriage or children, you may have to let them go. You can still love them. Yep. You don't have to be evil to them. Right. Um, so I, I, I love that. But I don't think we have to get there if we stay focused and centered. Yeah. 
again, people are going to make their own choices. I mean, if you did everything you possibly could as a spouse, they may still leave and that's not on you. Yep. Yep. So tell me a little bit more about, uh, your, your course and what you're working on. So I do like a group coaching. Um, it's usually a smaller group of women. Um, the next one is in August, August, um, 16th. And what we do is we just meet once a week and we go over your money story. The first two weeks are all about just rewriting that story that's in your mind, um, the things that you've been told. And we, we really revamp that story that you have around money. So that is a positive one. And then um, the second two weeks are all about how money works in the system and how, you know, if you don't know the rules of money, you can't, you can't make it work for you. And money is a tool. So if we can learn to use money as a tool to benefit us, um, that it's super powerful. And then the last two weeks are all about how do you get money to work for you? So, you know, at first you're working for money, but then you're trading your time for money, but then how do you get that money to start working for you? So you're not having to trade your time. You're just sending out your little soldiers of money to work for you to bring back more for you. And that just gives you the, the freedom that you need. And then I usually bring in you to speak about real estate. Um, because I think real estate is super powerful and it's a great asset and there's so many benefits to it. So I always love to bring in that. And then I always bring in a guest, one of my super awesome, successful friends, um, in to speak about how, how their money mindset has changed and what impact it's had in their life. So it's really powerful. I feel like, um, everyone that's went through it has loved it. Um, I'm also probably going to be doing like a, um, a Facebook group for, uh, like a lower cost. And so the value will still be there, but it'll be, you know, more low touch, but it'll have a community, um, part of it and where you can come and we can all just grow together. I love it. I have probably 37 different questions and topics I could ask you. And so that just kind of, um, I think it'd be really cool if you actually would come on every five or six or eight weeks and we just hit a topic. Cause I'm sitting here thinking about risk yeah, and just, there's so many, we could say risk and then there's things that we could talk about situations where, you know, I'm super risky and you're less and how mm-hmm. do we meet in the middle? Um, so would you be interested in that? Sure. Anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. Well, um, I appreciate you being on. Um, what does freedom mean to you? Freedom means to me that I can go wherever I want and do whatever I want. And if I want to buy anything, I can buy it. And if I want to take my family on a vacation and I want to leave tomorrow, I can up and do it and I can change my schedule and it's fine. Mm -hmm. I like it. When did you realize you didn't have the freedom you want or does it always change? I think it does always change. Um, I th- I'm just going to think back to like the first time that I realized we didn't have freedom, I think is when Dylan was in the hospital. Um, and we had to leave and we were out of town for a month, but we still weren't getting paid. So, um, although we did have our freedom, we were, because we had that freedom to do that, we were lacking financially and got into a lot of medical debt during that time because of it. So to me, freedom is both of those things. It can't just be time freedom. It, you know, they all correlate together. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, and we talk a little bit, I don't want to go too far into this, but there's like really a circle in life, right? Like there's a bunch of areas in life that you really have to gain your freedom over. And it's never going to be a perfect circle, but I, I agree. I mean, if I, when I was gone for a month and I'm not working, I don't get paid, right? And so even though I had a job where they 
worked with me and they allowed me to go, they didn't fire me yeah, or let me go. Um, we didn't get paid. Yep. It's, yep. What freedom do you protect more than others? Time, money, et cetera. Or do they all play together? Mm, I think time, time freedom is huge for me. Um, yeah, time is, time is the most valuable thing that you have. I agree. If you protect your time, I mean, everything else should line up, right? Yeah. What's one way you use leverage to gain more freedom? Um, it's a good question. I think um, having passive income um, has really, I think we've leveraged our um, real estate really well. Mm-hmm. And it's allowed us freedom. If we wanted to not do anything, we could. And we would live a pretty decent life mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives. We're, we don't stop there because we like growth and we like challenge, I think, um, mostly. But I think that that's probably the biggest area that we've used. I like it. I've used. What's one thing you use to do yourself and now you pay someone else to do it to create more freedom that has had the largest impact on you? Oh, man, this is, this is a really good one. So um, years ago, I hired a house cleaner and it really, really helped me. And then recently... Um, this last year, I, w- I would do my own laundry, though. And this last year, or our laundry, I did everybody's laundry. And this last year, Mike was like, I would just be bogged down because I was getting busier with my stuff. And I wouldn't have time. And I'd be doing laundry all night. And he'd be like, why don't you just hire somebody? But there was something in my mind. <laughs> I'm all he. That's you. Yeah. Um, uh, there was something in my mind that was, like, telling me that, like, I had to do that. Like, it's my responsibility to wash everybody's clothes. And so I finally just took that step because I was going to be gone for like pretty much the whole month. I think I was going to be home like seven days and I didn't want um, my kids to have that to be a burden on them. I just, not that I don't think that they can do their own laundry, but I wanted it to be ease for me leaving because I don't usually leave for that long. So um, I was like, I'm just going to hire somebody to do my laundry for this period. Well, I've never, ever done laundry since. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been such a, it's such a time, a time commitment doing laundry and I know it seems silly but it's been huge for me well and the crazy thing about laundry and stuff like that is it's not like you can just carve out an hour and it's done right it's an ongoing thing that weighs on you for a lot of hours a week and it might sound crazy but um <laughs> it brings up other like this morning I was going to get some uh, a shirt out and there's like this little tiny like t- <laughs> tube top shirt hanging in my closet and so with anything with leverage, you have to work through the process and train them. So just kind of a funny little side note. But it is interesting that we look at things like that because so many people are okay with paying, you know, a landscaping company to do their yard or paying somebody to wash their car, um, which actually paying somebody to wash your car once a week is more expensive than paying somebody to do your laundry sometimes. So I heard Sean Stevenson say one time, I was at a dinner with him though, and I think this is a good point based on what you're talking about. He, he was talking about how um, Mindy would want him to help do dishes. And he would be like, well, why don't we just pay somebody to do dishes? And through that process, it was never really about whether they could afford that or not. Um, and so even the laundry thing, like I literally remember um, you being out of town and chasing kids and having to do laundry. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, and wanting not only for me, but for you, and maybe it was more selfish for me, but like, I, I'm like, Kara's coming back. We have to get the laundry done. 
so again, it's selfish, but at the same time, maybe your spouse, this is a good, like, I guess, segue here. Until you get on the same page, you have to deal with that as well. And that was Sean's point. Whether you could afford to pay somebody to do the dishes or clean the house or whatever, um, just because you can't afford it, until you get in alignment on that, you've got to support that. Yeah, that's so true. And I also think like once you start allowing some of these things to go that is, you know, by our culture, things that we should be doing ourselves, like, yes, you can do that. Absolutely. You should be able to physically clean your house or physically do your laundry or physically do your um, yard work. But the time freedom that it gives you is so powerful. And so I think just like maybe just trying one thing out is like a good step because then you're like, oh my gosh, I have all this free time for activities. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You know, and sometimes those could be personal health. It could be mental health. It could be emotional health. Or maybe it's, I constantly ask the question or make the statement. I can't afford not to pay somebody to do this. Yeah. Because if I have to pay a hundred dollars a week or $50 a week or whatever, what does it cost for you to get your laundry done every week? I feel like it was 50. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. And yeah. Okay. You know, some people might be saying that's a lot of money and I get that. But if the amount of time, I mean, it probably took you four hours, five hours throughout the week. I know you're not constantly doing it. Well, not only the hours that it took me, but the mind space that it took in my mind of like, I got to do this. You know, it's just like taking up space in my mind more. I could be thinking about more creating more things or creating things for my kids. Like, conversations going and doing things with them you know so I think it's just about perspective well that was really good so where can people find you I mean we could go on for probably days um probably the easiest way is on my Instagram Kara underscore Ayala and um I'm working on my webpage right now but it's not quite up so and what will that be com. nice Mm -hmm. cool well I appreciate you being on I think this was probably super valuable and If you'll do it, I would love to have you on more. Sure. All right. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.